I don't mind if you get up and walk around with the children during the preach. It really doesn't bother me, but um, that would be that. Okay, I'm going to pray, and then we're going to look, get straight into the Word this morning. Father God, I thank you that we can come together to worship you, to celebrate you, to look at your Word. Um, no matter what the time or whatever goes on, that you remain the same. And this morning as we look at your word, Father, I pray that you would speak to each one of us, uh, speak to me as I preach, but also speak to each one of us, that as we listen with our hearts open, we would hear what you're saying uh, to each of us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, this morning, uh, (coughs) as everybody knows, it's the last Sunday of 2023 before we launch into the next year. And it's one of those weird Sundays where it's, you finish the Christmas messages and all the Advent things and not everybody's around yet and go, what do you say, what do you do? And so um, uh, just praying in, about what to look at and this morning, we're going to look at um, Psalm 138. So if you want, you can turn your Bibles to there right now, uh, now. But I think it's a good time for us to consider the year that has gone before and look towards the year ahead. Now, not in the, in the form of um, New Year's resolutions. New Year's resolutions, you're welcome to do those if you want. I gave up doing those years and years and years ago, purely because most of them are not sustained because they're more to do with human effort than they are with God's power and relying on Him and the leading of the Holy Spirit. But if you're keen to do that, you're welcome to. All our advisors, don't take out any gym membership today or tomorrow. Um, <laughs> sustain something before you spend. But anyway, but what I do mean is this, is that as one year comes to an end, I think it's a good time for us to look back and consider what has been. Consider what has been and then turn with grateful hearts towards God. You see, it's easy to look at what has gone before, or anything really, and see the problems See the issues, see the things that uh, have been hard, the mistakes you've made, maybe the, the things or the people that have wound you up and you've become angry or bitter or whatever it is. Maybe stuff's gone on and, and it's resulted in you not just being angry or cross with someone else, but maybe even with God or yourself. That's not what I'm talking about because that's really easy to do and it's, none of it's helpful. Really, none of those things are helpful Because they lead us to attitudes and lifestyles and choices that are usually ungodly and really affect us negatively, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, in every way. What I'm talking about is looking back and remembering and considering the goodness of God. The faithfulness of God and giving Him thanks for what He's done and what He's brought us through, both individually but also corporately. And if you've got your Bibles open, Psalm 138, I think it's going to come up. It's not a long psalm, but it is a psalm of thanksgiving from David, written by David. I will praise you, O Lord, with all my heart. Before the gods I will sing your praise. I will bow down toward your holy temple and praise your name. For your love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted above all things your name and your word. 
When I called, you answered me. You made me bold and stout-hearted. May all the kings of the earth praise you, O Lord, when you hear the words of my ma- of your, when they hear the words of your mouth. May they sing for the ways of the sing of the ways of the Lord, for the glory of the Lord is great. Though the Lord is on high, He looks upon the lowly, but the proud He knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, You preserve my life. You stretch out Your hand against the anger of my foes. With Your right hand, You save me. The Lord will fulfill His purposes for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the works of your hands. It's an incredible psalm of just gratitude towards God. And as we look at that, if you look at verse 1 to 3, I'm just going to look at a few things and then pose some questions and then possibly a challenge at the end. But from verse (coughs) 1 to 3 speaks of God's faithful love and that he answers prayers. Verse 3 says, I called and you answered. God's not a God who remains silent, but he, he invites us to call on him, but he's the one who answers our prayer. He's the one when we call to him, he hears us and responds because he is God and he is our father. And so as we look at this, we see first and foremost, as we look at the year, I think while I'm preaching, just allow the Holy Spirit to remind you of things in the, uh, over this last year. Where you've called and God's answered, even when you haven't really understood, God's still hurt. Because His, unfa- His unfa- unfailing faithful love is expressed through answered prayer. Goes on to say that, God, you're the one who strengthened this, my soul or made me bold and stout hearted, which is what the NRV says. So it's even when you feel like you can't take it anymore. God's the one who strengthens your soul. God's the one who enables you to carry on, not yourself. Maybe there's been a time during this last year where you faced something and you thought, I don't think I can go on. The fact that you're sitting here this morning means you have gone on. And it's not by your own strength. It's by His sustaining power. You see, often we can look and we can think, I can't do this anymore. I can't carry on. But when we call out to God, He answers and He strengthens your soul. Not just in church things, but in life. You see, Psalm 138 comes just before Psalm 139, which most of us know which is all about the fact that God knew you before you were formed. And we'll look at parts of Psalm 139 in a minute, but God knows you. And when you call out to Him, He answers. And He's the one who sustains your soul or strengthens your soul. Even when we feel we can't take any more, He's the one who enables us to carry on. God is the one who is faithful. And what's David's response? To bow down and worship. We see it here. I worship you. I give you thanks. He is the one 
that is exalted. And that should be our response. God, you're the one who answers my prayer and my cry for help. You're the one who sustains and strengthens my soul. God, I worship you and I give you thanks. He goes on to, to, to say that the name of God is exalted above all and, and his longing for kings and nations to, to re- revere and respect God. But he also draws this link in verse 4 and 5 between the ways of God and the word of God. There's this link between the two that God's word and God's ways work in harmony together. And we need to understand and know both of those things. You see, if we only know the word of God, but don't understand his ways, we lack that sense of connected between the two. We need to know both his word and his ways because they work together. Psalm 25 verse 4 says, show me your ways, O God, teach me your paths, guide me in your truth and teach me. You see, it's when those work together, his word and his ways, that his full glory is embraced and displayed. They never contradict each other. And so for me, that's incredibly helpful. Because if I know the truth of who God is and what God is like and what God's plan is and how he, he wants to heal and wants to bring a restoration and all those things, and then I see other things outworking, I think, well, those, those don't match. So it helps me to find what is the work hand of God and what isn't. Because I know his word and his ways go hand in hand, never contradict, always in harmony. And when things happen that I don't understand, if I know who God is, then that's okay. Because he doesn't change. And when I don't understand the way in which he's doing something, that's also okay because I understand him. And I need to adjust my thinking according to his truth. It should help us in our lack of understanding or lack of understanding of his ways when we realize that his word and his ways work hand in hand and in complete unity. Verse 6, there's this incredible truth that is demonstrated in verse 6, or is declared in verse 6 and demonstrated in verse 7. Though the Lord is on high, he looks upon the lowly, but the proud he knows from afar. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve my life. You stretch out your hand against the anger of my foes. With your right hand, you save me. This incredible truth that God, God who is above all, God who is seated high in majesty, the one who is exalted, the one who is almighty, the one who is seated in heavenly realms, the one who is unchanging, he regards the lowly. Another more modern way of saying it is this. God sees you. God sees you and God knows you. And he draws close. There's a, there's a, there's a, a pattern here that we see echoed through scripture of the lowly and the haughty or the lowly or the humble and the proud. We encourage to walk humbly before God because he, to those who walk humbly, he draws near, he gives grace. To those who are proud, they find themselves working against God. 
because he says he opposes the proud. And so when we see this truth that God sees you, God knows you, God draws near to you, walk humbly before him. Because those who are haughty, he sees from far off, they don't draw near. They don't come close. God's love extends beyond the distance that lies between us and him. The barrier is is um, is crossed through the blood of Jesus. But he calls us to walk humbly with him. So you know in the beginning, with whatever we've gone through, when you've cried out, when you've found that you, you can't carry on, God sees you and God draws near. Then he says, though I walk through in the midst of the trouble, you preserve my life. Kind of echoes with Psalm 23 verse 4 and Psalm 41 verse 2 and a number of other things. That whatever you have gone through, he was there with you. Whatever you go through, he walks with you. He preserves your life. In other words, he restores, he protects, he saves, he preserves. He sustains, he carries you. He's gracious and loving. For him, nothing is impossible. He watches over you. Our coming and our going, he watches over. If we look, so Psalm 139, <coughs> we know well the scripture, the, the part of that which speaks about the fact that he searches for us and, and he knows our innermost being before we knit in our mother's room. But here's another incredible part from Psalm 139, which is verse 7 to 12. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me and your right hand will hold me. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you, and the night will shine like the day, for the darkness is as light to you. In other words, whatever you walk through, whatever trouble you're facing, whatever things that you go through, God's with you. God sustains you. God preserves you. And there's nowhere... Nowhere, neither the heavens nor the depths, nor the day nor the night, nothing can separate you from God. Nothing can hide you from God. He's not limited like we are. He sees and knows it all. So nothing can separate you from him. So, so know that whatever you face or whatever you've gone through, that's why I said it's easy to look back and see all the bad because that's our default. But know that even in the midst of all of those God saw, God sees. God sustains, God preserves. And nothing can hide you from his presence. You can't even remove yourself from God so he can't see you. He always sees. He always pursues. The rest of verse 7, the equivalent, modern day equivalent would be this because it speaks about the enemies and all of those things would be that God is the one who vindicates. 
God's the one who fights your battles. God's the one who, when people try and plot all sorts of things against you, he's the one who makes a way. He's the one who protects. He's the one who saves you from the foulest snare. He's the one who saves you from those that have evil intent towards you. He's the one. We call to turn to him. We don't have to vindicate ourselves. In actual fact, Scripture says, leave room for God to vindicate. In other words, we to forgive. We to turn to Him. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of this world. They're weapons of, of, in the Spirit, and they, we call to pray. Why? Because He answers. And He's the one who will sort it out. He'll make a way where there seems to be no way. The final verse says, Lord, you will fulfill your purpose for me. Your love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not abandon the work of your hands. Not only does he strengthen and sustain and preserve and vindicate and protect, but he will bring to completion everything that he has started in you and in me. His purpose for our lives will be fulfilled. You can read in Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 speaks of that. But here's the incredible thing. Each one of us, God has a plan and a purpose for your life. Not just some people's lives, all of our lives. God has a plan and a purpose and he will fulfill it. He will bring to completion that which he has started. If it feels like God's spoken and started and then what's gone on, God will bring it to completion in his time, in his way. We just called to walk with him. And so when we look back at the year that's gone before, I believe we need to look and see the goodness of God and his hand and how he's worked in our lives, and we look back with gratitude. And then we look forward. And in the night of verse 8, we look forward with hope and faith and great expectation, because that which he has planned, he will bring to completion. That which he has started, he will finish. So I wonder if you could take a moment, maybe before you go to bed this evening, take a moment and consider what he has done, how he has sustained you, his goodness and his grace and his love. Instead of looking at what you've walked through and doubting him, doubting his existence, doubting and asking why, or complaining, or getting angry, or upset. And I understand those responses. Rather look and be grateful. Look through the past year and see where God has moved that you can give him thanks for. Because you see, as we look at things to be grateful for, and we, and we consider those things, You'll see, it lightens your heart. It lifts your gaze. 
It changes your attitude. It changes the way you think. It changes. And if, you, if you're sitting there thinking, James, I, I can't see any, then look in the mirror. It might sound harsh and callous, but it's not. Look in the mirror because you're here today. You're alive today. That's something to be grateful for. Whatever you faced, whatever turmoil, whether it be emotional, physical, mental, spiritual, whatever it is, the only reason you're still here today is because of Him. So if that's where you have to start, start there. And then allow God to remind you of all that He's brought you through. The good things how he's made a way where there seems to have been no way, where he's provided, where he's connected relationally, where he's restored, where he's opened opportunities, where, he's, where you've just had encounters that have just incredibly d- just blown your mind. Or maybe there have been new friendships and relationships and connections that God has just brought across your path that has changed everything. Consider those things and be grateful. Come to him with a grateful heart at the end of what has been a year and thank him and worship him. When we do that, it changes our disposition of our hearts. Then consider what lies ahead. And again, not in a, well, I made it through that, imagine what I'm going to make next. Not that attitude. Sense of God, you've brought me through. And the truth is this. He has a plan, and he will bring it to completion. And he says, ask and I'll reveal. Ask me and I'll answer. And so look at the year ahead before it even starts at midnight tonight. And say, God, show me what you have for me this year ahead. And even if it's not that clear, just start one step in front of the next Walk with him. Submit to him. You know, sometimes I think I look back at what has been, and I am grateful, and I think, God, you brought me through incredible things. And sometimes we've all been in that place of, I don't know if I can carry on, but God, you've carried us. Don't you think that, well, I kind of think that we should learn from those processes Because often we take an awfully long time to turn to him in the midst of any situation. We start worrying and trying to sort it out. And and then eventually when we get to the end of ourselves, we then cry out to God. And then he's the one who says, wouldn't it be easy just to go there in the beginning? If you're one who worries about tomorrow, don't start this year worrying about tomorrow. I read a, a brilliant thing which I think every single one of us should actually bear in mind. It's not, it's not from Scripture, it's just, it's just this. And my family have heard me quote it a few times over the last few weeks. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. Today is the tomorrow you worried about yesterday. And did your worry change today? No. Can your worry change tomorrow? No. But God knows. Tomorrow isn't hidden from God. He knows it already. And he has a plan. And like we've seen, he sustains. He preserves. He answers. He draws close. He's close to us. 
And so we should be going into this next year with hearts that are full of faith and hope and say, God, show me. Lead me and I will follow. Keep in step with the Spirit. So my challenge for each one of us is tonight or by the end of today, just quieten yourself somewhere and consider the faithfulness and the grace of God over this last year and respond to Him with gratitude and a thankful heart. And at the same time, look to what comes ahead and say, God, show me. Show me the plan that you have for this year, that I would walk in your way, that I wouldn't do my thing, but I would walk in your way. And let him by his Spirit stir faith and hope and expectation and joy for what lies ahead. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you that you know each one of us. You know what has gone before. You know what lies ahead. And so as your children, we can walk with confidence and faith and joy and hope and love and peace because we walk with you. We walk led by you. And so, God, this morning, we thank you. We thank you for your grace and your mercy and your favor. We thank you for carrying and sustaining and preserving, for strengthening our souls, for answering when we cried out. We thank you for your love for us that is unchanging. We thank you for your faithfulness that is expressed through how you, you you'd accomplished everything that you've spoken of or everything you've declared. And Father, I pray for each one of us that we would remember those things. And even when situations we've gone through or go through that we do not understand, we will remember your faithfulness and your goodness and your love for us. And God, as we end one chapter and enter the next, I pray that we would enter knowing that you have a plan and a purpose that you will fulfill. And there's nowhere we can go that will hide us from you. And our lives are steadfast and certain in you. We thank you, God. Lord, I pray for us, those who hear, those who listen online, those who are part of the church family who are not here today, that we would really live with a sense of purpose, of joy, of peace, throwing off all that has gone before and carrying only what you call us to carry as we look to you to lead us through this next year. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wonderful. Thank you.